All right, welcome to the Corey Jones Show. I, of course, am your host, Corey Jones, the owner of safetyman.co, where I do everything to keep you safe, whether it be your house of worship, your home, your business, any place that you have a lot of people. My goal is to keep you safe. But part of you being safe and the skill sets that I teach you is you have to be healthy. You have to be mobile. You have to be able to defend yourself, your friends, your family, and everybody that you're with. So I experienced an issue recently with my left knee and I wound up having to get surgery and I got physical therapy and Akil Piggott from TTR was on a little while earlier talking about that PT. Part of that process was I met Dr. Sean McMillan and welcome to the show Dr. Sean. He actually performed the surgery, the arthroscopic surgery and I'm not even going to try to explain it anymore. That's his expertise. He's going to talk about that whole process from when you have an injury, what you do and then what to expect. But before that, I just want our viewers to know who Dr. Sean is, uh, some of your experience, training, education and all that. Yeah, thanks Corey for having me on. So I'm, my name is Sean McMillan. I'm an orthopedic sports medicine surgeon, uh, part of the virtual health systems down here in South Jersey. And before coming here, I did my specialty sports training at the University of Massachusetts under Dr. Brian Busconi. And it was great because there, Corey, we had a chance to work with professional athletes. We mm -hmm. worked with the Boston Red Sox, uh, a lot of high-level college teams. So we saw everything from people like you and I mm -hmm. uh, to elite athletes. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, injuries are injuries and how we sort of come back from them. Took all that together and, and shook it up in a bottle and, and mm -hmm give it back to you and, and this is how we got you back on your feet. Yeah, exactly. And it was very fortuitous how we met. You know, we have a common friend who had us meet in reference to your uh, opioid reduction, opioid sparing surgery, and you were actually on the show before talking about that. And, and because you're doing that, because of my experience in law enforcement, that's really something that was important to me, which is why I wanted you to come on and explain that to our guests. Now, that wasn't something that I was necessarily worried about or had to benefit from, from this, but I do want to thank you for, for doing that, pioneering that, and talking about that a lot because of the opioid uh, you know, epidemic that's going on in America. So if somebody like me, you know, not an elite athlete, clearly, but I still want to be able to go to the gym, run around, play with my kids, and do all those different things, I was experiencing that left knee pain. And part of your, your uh, diagnosis and looking at it, what does that involve? Yeah, so when you presented to us, you know, some of the things you said are very classic and things that everyone experiences out there. The meniscus, let's start there. Mm -hmm. you, you tore your meniscus. Mm -hmm. So the meniscus is the shock absorber in your knee. It looks like the letter C, and mm -hmm. you have two of them in your knee. Mm -hmm. Adds a cushion, almost like uh, your shocks in your car. Mm -hmm. The problem is they're not very vascular, meaning the blood supply, it, it's pretty small as we get older. So you could sneeze sometimes and you can tear it. it it's pretty friable, mm -hmm. right? So in your case, when you tore yours, the symptoms you started to experience were swelling, catching, instability of the knee where you felt like if you pivoted, the knee was gonna give out on you. Mm -hmm. And those are really common symptoms that we see. Mm -hmm. And the thing you and I talked about was really the history of, of what led to this. Mm -hmm. Because you can tweak your knee and you can come in and say, I hurt my knee a couple days ago, but a lot of things will resolve. It's when a patient comes in and says, this has been persistent for six weeks or six months. Mm -hmm. um, I notice that certain things are exacerbating it. Those are all buzzwords that make me want to look harder and deeper, and that's what we did with you. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of did the door route. I, get, I would hope I was a model patient where I was doing the PT, so it probably made it easier for you and the insurance company to get that surgery approved and, and to get the uh, imaging in and of itself approved, right? Because the fact that I did the PT before I saw you, 
and then obviously after the surgery, right? That, was that helpful? Is that what you'd recommend? Yeah, so a lot of times when we get hurt, we all want instant answers. We want instant gratification. Mm -hmm. uh, and the truth is the papers that are out there, the insurance companies know by heart, and they'll oftentimes say, look, you know, many people will have knee pain and symptoms that will resolve over four to six weeks with anti-inflammatory meds, with physical therapy, with time. Mm -hmm. And then if it doesn't, then the insurance company will authorize getting that MRI done, mm -hmm. for instance. In your case, you did it the right way. You came to me, and by the time you got to me, you had already done several weeks of therapy. Mm -hmm. You had done an x-ray. Mm -hmm. You had tried all the things, and your symptoms hadn't uh, sort of resolved. So it was easy for me to document that, and the insurance company said, all right, let's go ahead and get that MRI, because if it hadn't gotten better by that point, it probably wasn't going to. Right, right, right. And you're echoing what I had to kill earlier, said about the exact same thing that you're saying, and it, it was really good. He gave you a compliment, too, by saying that, you know, you took his word, looked at the notes, their notes at TTR were apparently sufficient enough that it helped you get that scheduled and everything. So you get that imaging, and what is it that you see in there that is like a red flag? Yeah, so you let me back up for one second. Okay. The therapists, right, mm -hmm. or the relationships that we as orthopedic surgeons have with the physical therapists are priceless because a therapist is laying hands on you for, you know, sometimes 45 minutes to an hour, two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. So they can tell if you're getting better or not. They can tell your symptoms. So a lot of times they'll give us a call and say, hey, I got a patient here who is just not getting better. I really think there's something more going on. It adds more sort of um, backing to our, our notes to the insurance company. Mm -hmm. It also gives us a better perspective on what we're looking for on, on the MRI and the exam. Mm -hmm. So when I get that MRI, the things I'm looking for is things that are irregular. Mm -hmm. So MRIs are, are very much, uh, they're very helpful, they're very specific, but they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand, all right, if we think the pain's on the inner part of the leg, we're gonna focus there. We're going to see is there an irregularity in the way it looks compared to the contralateral side, meaning the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, is there fluid that's around there? Is there signs of arthritis that's around there? Mm -hmm. These are all things we can get a sense of because ultimately when I plan my surgery out, it's not just about what I'm going to do, but for you it's about how you're going to respond afterwards. Mm -hmm. Do I need crutches for two days or six days? Mm -hmm. Do I need to take off of work for three months? These are all things that matter right. to you because if you can't plan, you can't recover the way you need to. Right, right. So I will say, I, I need crutches for maybe a half a day. You did a really good job, so I want to thank you for that. <laughs> My wife wanted me to use cr crutches more than I actually needed the crutches, so you really did do a good job. Thank uh, you. Or maybe it wasn't that bad in there, but you did a really good job. We'll, we'll, we'll go with I did a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll definitely <laughs> stick with that. Seriously, because right now there's like zero, zero pain. I feel 100%. Now it's just getting a, this quad to be balanced with that quad, so that's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm focused on. Yep. So um, let's talk about what somebody like me can expect for, from a surgery like that. Yeah, so meniscal surgery is probably one of the most common orthopedic surgeries we do in the United States. Um, and it's a very much straightforward procedure if everyone's on the same page. Mm -hmm. So it's an outpatient procedure. The actual surgical time is somewhere around 15 to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. There's obviously time to get you, you know, to sleep and positioned and time to wake you up. Mm -hmm. So I give patients the analogy of an airplane. You get on the plane, but you wait to take off, you wait to land. Mm -hmm. Same principle. Mm -hmm. In the surgery, we do it minimally invasive. So there's two poke holes that we use. The holes are about the size of your pinky nail, so mm -hmm. a couple millimeters. Mm -hmm. The first one's for a camera where I can look inside, make sure we're not missing anything. The second one is so I can use a device to either sew the meniscus back together, mm -hmm. or I can trim it up like a glorified nail clipper. Okay. Um, and once I do that, then that alleviates your symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then I check the rest of the knee for things like arthritis, mm -hmm. et cetera. But at that point, Corey, once I close the knee up after those 15 or 20 minutes, everything falls on your shoulders and the therapist's shoulders mm -hmm. because the recovery is based upon getting the strength 
and the strength back in your knee, the swelling out of your knee, mm -hmm. and normalizing your walking. And, and right. that is something that I can't do for you, only you and the therapist can do together. Right, right, right. And that confidence, because remember the times I came back, I said, still I had some confidence that my knee was gonna hyperextend back. And you are like, it's not gonna hyperextend back, right? right. So, yeah, but again, that's something I, I see every day, right? Yeah. So a, a lot of surgery is understanding, communication, right? Mm -hmm. So you have fears, you express them to your physician, mm -hmm. We sort of process them, examine you, make sure that you know we're correct, mm -hmm. and then from there we sort of communicate back. You, you know, you can't screw this up, or here's how you'll screw this up. Right, right. And again, once you sort of have you know a parameter for yourself, those first six weeks when you're healing, mm -hmm. it's you're able to sort of better take a sigh of breath and say, all right, I, I know what I can do now. Right. You know, I can ride a stationary bike. I can go up and down the stairs. Mm -hmm. Those are important things that I take for granted that it's your first surgery, you don't know these things. Right, right. So I think the entire staff being on the same page, my, my PAs, um, my scheduler, everyone sort of reiterating the same facts mm -hmm. and then the therapist also knowing the background of that mm -hmm. makes us have a better outcome. Yeah, and I, I like to think that I had a, a fantastic outcome because, again, everything you know tracked in the right direction. My confidence tracked in the right direction, and my ability to go back to the gym. I mean, you see me on Facebook. I'm deadlifting. I'm on the uh, the hack squat machine and all those different things, experiencing zero pain and trying to get everything equalized again. Yeah, you know. So you do you do quite a, quite a, a few of these. I do. So, like I mentioned, this is the most common surgery we mm -hmm. do orthopedically. Um, I do probably hundreds of them a year, to, to, be, to be honest with mm -hmm. you. The outcomes are they're tried and true in the literature. They're, they're about 90% or more as far as positive outcomes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in part patient selection, making mm -hmm. sure that a patient that's undergoing the procedure doesn't have arthritis that's maybe so bad that they need a replacement instead. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also understanding the patient's willing to put the rehab in. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the quad strength, and I think that's important. When someone tears their meniscus, the body tries to protect itself. Mm -hmm. So what the body does is it actually sends a negative feedback signal to the thigh muscle, the quad muscles, and says, hey, listen, I don't want you running or jumping right now because it's going to make this meniscus tear worse. Mm -hmm. So the muscle gets weaker. So that's why we do some of the rehab also before surgery. And then after surgery, it's about building that muscle back up to a level that not just is what it was pre-surgery, mm -hmm. but pre-injury. And okay. that can take... A lot. So when someone says, how long till I'm 100%, I usually say, if you do your rehab right, you're going to be around 75 or 80% around three months. Mm -hmm. I let you start getting back to your activities, and then you're going to continue to sort of trend positively for the rest of that year. Mm -hmm. And that, that's accurate. I mean, I'm only about six, what do we know? Yeah, I'm about six months post-surgery, so and it, I am tracking about there. They said I'm about 10 to 15% uh, still deficient on my left quad than I was, than I am on my right quad. So thank you for that. So you said you got in there, you saw that the meniscus was partially torn in and I think you said you saw some, a little bit of arthritis, which you cleaned up? We, we did, yeah. So in, in your knee, for instance, mm -hmm. um, we saw a tear of the meniscus on the inner side, which is called the medial side. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we also saw some arthritis in that area as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not uncommon for them to go, you know, sort of hand in hand. This picture here sort of identifies the tear. Mm -hmm. um, you can see these little humps or little waves that are there. Mm -hmm. That meniscus, when I probed it, it was unstable. So it was sort of pulled out into the center of the joint. Okay. Um, so that there is where we knew the, the problem was. Okay. Uh, we also have a picture of some of the arthritis that was there as well okay. that we can show you later on. Mm -hmm. and, and here it is. So here's a piece of, of cartilage hanging down, and, and everyone always says, what is arthritis? Mm -hmm. Well, there's you know, old man or old lady arthritis where there's just nothing covering the bone, and mm -hmm. that's not you. Mm -hmm. And then there's active 
arthritis, mm -hmm. which is more like potholes in the road. Okay. So if you look at that picture, Corey, mm -hmm. what you're seeing there is the white smooth covering on the end of the bone. Mm -hmm. that's, that's blacktop on a road. Okay. You've got a couple potholes there, and you can see that sort of leaf hanging down that the arrow mm -hmm. is sort of denoting. That was catching also like a trap door causing symptoms. Okay. So when we were in there, we smoothed it out with a small shaver, like mm -hmm. a dust buster, mm -hmm. and that makes it not catch anymore for you. Okay. Now, could you see that on the MRI too? So you knew that you expected that to be there or the camera showed you? So arthritis is the one thing that's a little tricky on the MRIs. We, we knew there was something irregular there on the MRI. We knew that there was a different signal, mm -hmm. but sometimes you're you know surprised by the, the level of it. So okay. a lot of times you'll hear a patient say, the doctor told me it was a little worse than they thought or a little better than I thought. Mm -hmm. And that's because the MRIs, while they're great, aren't perfect yet. Okay. Okay. So there was nothing really shocking in there to you? No. Okay. No. no. We, we, we had a really good grasp for your surgery mm -hmm. of what we were going to get into and everything sort of matched up the way we wanted to. Okay. All right. We got to take a break real quick, uh, Doc. When we come back, kind of want to talk about just generally what people can expect, uh, what your recommendation is, like you feel a pain, what you want people to do and so forth and I, there may be one more picture I'm not sure about uh, what, what you saw and then you know the, the follow-up conversations that you and I had and the follow-up exams that we had and what you're seeing and so forth so thanks for sticking with us on the Corey Jones show we'll be back with Dr. Sean in a minute be ready Come join us on April 25th at the Wall of Love and Hope as we fight to keep families together. Only you can make this change happen. Thanks for sticking with us on the Corey Jones Show through those commercials. I'm here with Dr. Shaw McMillan. We have a very close relationship. He performed arthroscopic surgery on my left knee. I've been getting better every si ever since. So, Dr. Sean, uh, I believe you said there's one more picture that he's going to show us that um, uh, what else you saw in there, right? Like yep, so it's actually going to show what we did for you. Okay, right? what you so, did. Right. So we, we kind of laid out before that, that wave sign that was in there mm -hmm. for the meniscus and that arthritis flap that was hanging down. Mm -hmm. In this case, you can see here that uh, on the top, 
uh, that's the bottom of the femur. Mm -hmm. uh, we no longer have that flap that's there. Mm -hmm. And then that wave sign is now gone. So mm -hmm. the meniscus is trimmed back to a stable rim. Mm -hmm. And I give the example of a hangnail. We, right. we took the hangnail, we brought it back to something stable. Mm -hmm. And now, hopefully, that doesn't give you any more trouble down the road. Right. 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 So that's a, that's a great sort of picture of before and after for you. Right, right. Thanks. Th Seriously, thanks. Like, I'm not just saying that. <laughs> Seriously, thanks. It, had, it obviously was life-altering, right? Sure. You know, because, like you said, it was my first surgery. I remember when I killed, my PT told me, said, I'm about 60% sure you're going to need injury and, I mean, I need imaging and surgery. And then, I, obviously, I came and talked to you because I trusted you from our previous interactions. And, you're, and you made me feel so comfortable. I mean, you're like, Corey, I got you. Right. Like, literally, you said, here's my, my personal cell number. I got you. Don't worry about anything. I yeah. got you. No, and I think it's important to have that sort of trust be between the two of us mm -hmm. because, you know, look, a lot, a lot of times patients will meet a doctor for, you know, a couple of minutes and from there you have to trust that that person is going to be able to, you know, put you to sleep, mm -hmm. go inside your body and fix your problem mm -hmm. uh, and be there not for when things go right but also when things go wrong. And luckily right. in our case nothing went wrong. Right, right. Um, I, I think the follow-up visits are important as well and, and we talk about ours a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so you go home that day and, and, you know, we tell you, you know, use the crutch for a day or two if you mm -hmm. want, in your case a half day, mm -hmm. ice it down. Um, and then all these things probably start rushing, running through your head. When can I start therapy? Should I be icing it? Should I be taking, you know, the painkiller or the Motrin or the Tylenol? Mm -hmm. And I think that conversation that we have is important. And, and my regimen is simply, you know, use the crutch for when you need it mm -hmm. uh, for a day or two. Uh, make sure you're icing it and then get into rehab. Yes. So it usually happens within the first couple days. Yes. So when I see you back week one, I want to see that you can bend your knee to a, a sitting position. Mm -hmm. I want to see that the swelling is starting to recede, mm -hmm. and I want to see that your wounds look okay and that, you know, there's no signs of blood clots. Mm -hmm. Because if we get through those first week or two, then the engine starts to kick on in your thigh muscle, mm -hmm. and then the recovery starts to take off, and that's, yeah. that's what happened with you. You remember I played a joke on you. The first time I came back, I said, I ran here. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you, you, you're a very extraordinary individual, so, but you had me scared for a second. Yeah, so. I saw your face. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I still have a sense of humor, too. Yeah, I, you know? I hear you. I'm Listen. not Kevin Hart, but, you know, <laughs> I still try to have a sense of humor. So, all right, so I'm just general Joe patient, and I have a pain in my knee. I have the same symptoms I have. What is it that you would recommend somebody do? Yeah, so, so the first thing is with, with any pains, you know, some of it's common sense, uh, which is simply if it's an acute injury, you know, you stepped off the ladder wrong, um, you stepped in a pothole, um, you know, ice, anti-inflammatory meds if you can take them like Motrin or Aleve or if not Tylenol mm -hmm. um, and then you know work on just some simple range of motion trying to bend it get your motion back mm -hmm. and if it's something where it's a tweak it's going to go away in a couple days um, but if you find you're limping if the knee's very swollen or if it feels like it's getting stuck uh, I usually say you know get to your primary care doctor or get to an orthopedic surgeon let's get an x-ray mm -hmm. let's do an examination let's figure out where things go and a lot of times it's going to be some sort of uh, ex exercise, mm -hmm. whether it's with a physical therapist or on your own at home, mm -hmm. to try and stimulate that muscle. Mm -hmm. In the rare instance we think something bigger happened, like an ACL tear, big, another common surgery we do, then we might choose to jump to the MRI a little bit sooner just because we have some grounds with the insurance company to say this is a much bigger injury. But by and large, we'll do the rehab for a couple of weeks, reevaluate you, and at that point, if you're still having symptoms, it's MRI and then you know, go time from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, we were pretty quick. We, you, you, once you started a process, it moved relatively quickly. Like, you, I, you were on a mission to get this taken care of for yeah. me. I think maybe you wanted me to be better before Christmas, so I appreciated that. Because <laughs> it was like early December, and I, I think I, during Christmas I was, I was pretty good. That's great. I was pretty good off. So I, I get that 
uh, initial consultation, mm -hmm. maybe we get some imaging, and then you're going to schedule surgery. So what does that surgery day look like? I, I know there's a 10,000 rules. I can't take this. I have to do that. Sure. You know, all those different things. But what, what's going to happen that day? Yeah, so at this point, you're going to see the confluence of a lot of people working together. There's my surgery scheduler who's mm -hmm. in constant contact with you, making sure you had your blood work done. Mm -hmm. um, if you're over the age of certain, let's well, say 40, mm -hmm. EKGs, things mm -hmm. like that. So she's working to get that done. And then her you know, other part of that is uh, PATs, which is uh, early testing. Mm -hmm. They're making sure that everything's done. Anesthesia is going to have a component. They're going to make sure they look at your chart. If you have a history of heart problems or lung problems, they may choose to get further testing. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes, you know, while it's, it may cause a step back for a week or two, it's worth it because we want to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. This is an elective surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, and then day of surgery, it, it's all about making you comfortable. And I think the staff at the hospital at Virtua mm -hmm. did a great job with you in, in letting you know that, hey, you know, here's what's going to happen. We're going to do this. We're going to get your IV started. We're going to get you into the, the room. You'll go to sleep. Mm -hmm. When you wake up, you're, you're going to see us, and, and mm -hmm. then we'll go from there. Yes. And I think for you, know, you, the patient who's nervous, you have this sort of at least timeline in your head. Here's what's going to happen next, next, next. Here's what time I think I'll be done. Mm -hmm. So that way, if you know everything's on a track, you feel a little bit, you know, a little calmer inside. Yeah, definitely. It definitely. The two things that really made me happy was, like you said, everybody was, was consistent in what they were saying from the first time I went to your office until you guys put me in my car and my wife was taking me home. It's even really good that Dagmar, because I know it's still some, uh, like, pandemic rules, but, you know, she was tested, I was tested, and she was able to come in with me. And actually, because I wasn't going to be able to put my socks on right. or anything like that. So she was able to help me do that. And your, your, your staff was just fantastic. And you came in, asked me how I was doing and everything. You know what I really liked? To make sure that there was going to be no mistakes is everybody was writing Sharpies with Sharpies on the proper yep. knee that they were going to, you guys were going to uh, do their... Uh, Surgery on. Yeah, I mean, listen, from safety man to, you know, safety <laughs> surgery, we've got to make sure that everything is yeah. sort of on the up and up and make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah, exactly. So um, you talked about your, your uh, training, your experience and everything. Uh, so any success stories, anybody you uh, can think of, any situation, obviously you can't say names, but where this person didn't think they are going to have a good outcome, but you gave them a good outcome just generally. Yeah, so it's not even about a good outcome. It's about getting back to what you want, right? Mm -hmm. So in your case, you want to get back to working out, mm -hmm. teaching people how to be safe. Mm -hmm. um, I've had many young athletes uh, where they tear an ACL and you know they think that their career is over. And then I've had another athlete, uh, and we've actually at Virtua done a, a feature story with him in the past. Um, mm -hmm. He tore both ACLs uh, and still managed to go mm -hmm. on and, and set college records at his uh, university, uh, Division three school, uh, and set records after two ACLs. And, and that, that's one of those things where you saw an athlete who was invincible because mm -hmm. we took care of him in high school. Mm -hmm. you, you see an athlete at his lowest point after the first and second ACL tears, mm -hmm. and then see him get back on the field and, and make you know, his family proud, his teammates proud, and just himself have a sense of belonging and self-worth for all the work he went through. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the stuff that makes you want to do this. I mean, yeah. that, that, yeah. that is right there in a nutshell why we do it. That's incredible, that's incredible. So for all of our, our, our viewers out there, they want to get a hold of you. What's the best way for them to reach out to Dr. Sean McMillan? Yeah, so we're, we're treating patients in the area down here in South Jersey with offices in Cherry Hill mm -hmm. uh, on Brace Road as well as in Burlington. Mm -hmm. uh, our main number is probably the easiest, which is 856-470-9029. Mm -hmm. Is there a website or anything? I need? Yeah, so uh, Dr. Sean McMillan, www.drseanmcmillan.com. Uh, Okay, and then people can you know see your history, see your certifications, and all that. Absolutely, yes. CV and bio is up there. This 
interview will be up there eventually. Mm -hmm. We have our other interviews up there. Okay. Basically, we try to keep our patients apprised of all the cool things that we're doing mm -hmm. uh, in our practice, both myself and my partners, mm -hmm. because while this is a routine surgery, mm -hmm. we have a lot of expertise doing other bigger, sort of newer surgeries, whether it's regenerating ACLs, mm -hmm. uh, working on rotator cuffs, really mm -hmm. trying to f stay on the forefront of what's um, cutting edge, but safe mm -hmm. to give our patients a leg up. So uh, last time we talked about this, if you don't mind, I'd like to touch on it again, that opioid sparing surgery. You have a couple of minutes. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so opioid sparing surgery, um, basically the, the whole premise is we know that there's pain after surgery. No one's naive to that. Um, I've had surgery, you've had surgery. Mm -hmm. We know that's there. But what we want to do is we want to be responsible. And responsibility falls on myself as the surgeon, um, as well as the anesthesiologist and the patient and their families to make sure that the opioids aren't abused. Mm -hmm. And there's numerous uh, articles that are out there that talk about the risk of becoming opioid dependent. Mm -hmm. uh, and that doesn't affect people that are rich or poor, it affects anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and we want to sort of minimize the need for opioids by doing things like nerve blocks to take away pain in the first couple of days, mm -hmm. uh, by giving opioid alternatives for medications. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's as simple as writing a script for Motrin 800, mm -hmm. uh, but it's there. Uh, doing things in physical therapy with a keel, whether it's nerve stimulation or other things to decrease pain. All these things that we do, they work together in a sort of a multimodal sort of package mm -hmm. and they minimize the need for writing narcotics out. Mm -hmm. And if we can keep narcotics out of people's homes, out of their medicine cabinets where maybe their kids can't find them, mm -hmm. um, that's important to protect not just the patient but their families too. Exactly. And you, you, I think before you're, not, maybe not necessarily numbers, but you're definitely noticing some positive outcomes trending after yeah, that. Yeah, so we actually published some articles on this mm -hmm. uh, looking at rotator cuffs, one of the more painful surgeries mm -hmm. uh, that we do, but one of the more successful ones. Mm -hmm. And we found that by using a multimodal approach, um, we were actually minimizing the need for narcotics in the first seven to ten days. Uh, we actually had about 19% of our patients not even need a single opioid pill mm -hmm. after rotator cuff surgery, which is unheard of if you think about things. Mm -hmm. uh, and the average number of pills taken over the course of seven days was around five or six opioids, mm -hmm. which in the past, when you look in the literature historically, people were taking 40, 50, 60 pills in that same time. Really? So I think part of it is education from mm -hmm. us to you as the patient, mm -hmm. and then doing these other things to sort of bring it all down together. Right, the ice, the talk, the, the, th yep. the pizza. What do I do if that. I hurt? You know, how do I assess a pain scale from mm -hmm. if it's one to four, do I use this medication? Mm -hmm making sure us as the physicians write the extra script for the non-narcotic stuff that's there, mm -hmm. and then sort of getting people into therapy early so that way they have this touch point with a therapist, so that sitting at home, you know, in pain, wondering, you know, is this ever going to go away? Right, right, right. Dr. Sean, I think we're out of time, but I, I definitely want to thank you both for coming back on the show and taking time out of your busy day. I know you had some surgeries today, so I appreciate you taking the time to come here after that. I know that that's taxing on you mentally and physically, so I want to say thank you for that. But mainly I want to say thank you for my left knee. You know, I want to say thank you for my family and my left knee for giving me the quality of life that I had prior to this injury back and I'm back in the gym, I'm back feeling good. I'm actually going to start taking mixed martial arts again with your blessing. Yes, sir. <laughs> and do that. So, Doc, thank you so much. Everybody who's watching today, Dr. Sean McMillan, Chief of Orthopedics for Virtua, uh, DrSeanMcMillan.com. Reach out to him if you have a problem or reach out through your primary care physician, depending on your insurance. But most of all, be ready. <laughs>